Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to College Football Tailgate. Today is August 16th, Monday, and uh, we're back here in Woos Media Studios. I'm your host, Will Chambers. With me, as always, Tyler Walgie. Hey, William. Producer Smitty. What's up, guys? And, uh, boys, we are back. We got less than two weeks now till college football is officially back. We got week zero. Tyler's favorite. Week one. It's really week one. Tyler loves week zero. It um, makes so much sense. Look, co- look, common sense has slowly been eking into college football. One year at a time. Mm. Now the NIL is back. It's only a matter of time till they start calling week one, week one. Why don't they just call zero. it like the preseason? Why don't just, they just call it negative two? And then the first week will be negative, negative one. one. And then Ooh. what's week three right now will be zero week. And then what's week four right now will actually be week one. Let's just do that. See, but I actually kind of like the week zero because it's like a tradition. What it really is, it's like a it's like a warm up because we don't get preseason in college football. So you usually get like one decent It's team. a warm up? Yeah, Tell that to the team that's playing war- No, it's zero. a warm up for us, for fans. Mm. It's our warm up mm-hmm. because we're not getting any big matches. I think the best game is Nebraska versus Illinois, I'm pretty sure. I know. So, Will always talks about he needs to be warmed up. Well, <laughs> hey, man, you know, I'm always old. Said that. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> grease up the joints. Uh, I'm, I'm not as young as you I used to. You do eat was. a lot of hard candy. No, I'm yeah. actually not a big hard candy guy, but no. I have become an Altoid guy recently. Altoid, I keep That's them in my car. Interesting, and I've become addicted to them. They're like sugary and what delicious. spearmint, like the uh, the, the yeah, teal the, ones. The uh, the wintergreen actually is my favorite. No, wintergreen, yeah, winter okay. yeah, it's really delicious. Altoids. I took some with huh. me. I went camping this weekend. Tyler's also Tyler's Did, favorite thing. I, Week zero, <laughs> camping and parlay bets. Tyler's three favorite things. Uh, how was camping, Will? It was good. I had fun. Were uh, you a happy camper? I was a happy camper. It rained a lot, but I was still a happy camper. We went out to a lake, did some, uh, did a little floating on the lake, got a ton of bug bites. I'm covering them. That's the fun part. <laughs> did you really? Tyler. No, mosquitoes love me. You know, I don't know if, if you guys have this same affliction. But like, I can be out. If, we, if all three of us were outside in a group, the, you guys would get no bites and I would get all of them. I have well, whatever. I mean, I'm okay with that. Whatever so blood I out, type I am well. or whatever. They just, yeah. they, they're very attracted You're, to me. Mosquitoes. So supposedly that's, uh, that means you, um, that you give off a lot of CO2. I think that I'm breathing heavily. Blood type. I'm breathing maple way syrup. too heavy. See, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's possible, you know. I think that's mosquitoes. I could that could be bees. I thought it had to do with like your blood type because they can like leeches. smell it. They can like <laughs> smell it in your sweat. Because they yeah. say one thing you can do is you can take basically like garlic in pill form that like increases the amount of garlic in your bloodstream and then it's straight up like vampire shit. And then they don't want to suck your blood anymore. So is garlic in pill form more of a potent garlic than swallowing garlic? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you just have to eat like a whole clove of garlic or, mm. or you can just take a couple pills and not in your breath maybe isn't as disgusting. So I got to rewind. I'm not a big camper myself. Uh, you said you floated on the water. Well, did you float like on something or did you just float on your back on the water? We floated like, on something and I floated on my back. <laughs> yeah, we, we camped near a lake. The area uh, is called Cottonwood Lake. Uh, we're here in Colorado. It's near Buena Vista. Very pretty. And uh, yeah, we had some some kayaks, a paddleboard, some uh, tube floats. Mm. And uh, so we brought some drinks, some food. We sat out. It was a beautiful day. It sounds fun. Did some floating. It was great. Did you fish? Uh, we, no, the were there fish in the place you went? Oh yeah, plenty of okay. fish. There's like a river there. Try and catch it with your hands. We had talked about it. <laughs> no, I didn't try to catch them with my hands, but uh, I did try to catch them with my teeth, Just like a grizzly bear. <laughs> 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 no, but we did, we ended up not fishing uh, mostly because the weather just turned. It started to rain, so we had to get back to the campsite. Okay. We cooked up some burgers, you know, some uh, 
We did fajitas one night. It was delicious. Mm. That sounds like a good time, man. Yeah. It sounds like you were quite a happy camper. Yeah, and look, this is like I usually try to camp like right before football season starts because after that, my weekends are just gone. That like I'm, And I love it, by the right. way. It's not a bad thing, but I'm not going camping until next summer because starting two weeks from now until you know January, I'm watching football all weekend, every weekend. I so. mean, I'm ready to go. Plus, you don't have TVs out there. That's, that's my main yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. But it is kind of nice. Like, you get a break. There's no cell service. You, look like, you get a you break get from your stars, phone. You some stargazing. Oh, yeah. We saw lots of no, shooting stars. Yeah, yeah, it was oh, great. okay. Some stargazing. No, those might be aliens. They might be. Yeah, I, I hope CIA they are. would have you believe they are. The CIA? Or whoever's released that information. I feel like alien. they would have you believe they're not. <laughs> right? Isn't that the, they're I thought, the, I thought no, it, they they're came the ones, out like a month ago and said, hey, aliens are real. No, that was like the... Well, I mean, I don't even fucking know. who. That's a whole other discussion. I do think aliens are out there. Are they real in here? Are they flying or shooting stars? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Smitty, what's your opinion? Uh, I just wish on them whenever I see them. So you so wish on aliens. Yeah. When you <laughs> no, wish I upon wish on an alien. Stars. <laughs> <laughs> what has the show turned into? Yeah. Uh, Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> pull that shit up, Jamie. Um, so, yeah, we got a good show today. We're going to talk the, uh, the, AP, the AP Top 25 came out today. We've got some college football news. We're going to do our, our preview for the ACC, also the Big Ten. Last week we did the Big 12 and the Pac-12. We're doing ACC and Big Ten today. Next week we'll do the SEC. And then we've got a fun new segment. Tyler, this was uh, this was your your baby, your brainchild. Yeah, we'll see how this one goes. <laughs> what do we call it? What are we calling Casting it? call. Casting call. Okay, yes. I like it. So. Casting call. Dun, 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 dun. Well, obviously, for, for those new to the show, last year, you know, we, we do our pop culture thing on this show. Mm-hmm. Last year, we gave a couple different Netflix movie pitches, and I got to say, I think it went rather well. Yeah, uh, they all got picked up. <laughs> some got picked up. Some At this point, I don't even care if some get ripped off, because eventually we're going to have an idea. It's going to get out there. We're, we're doing business now with uh, Paramount, yeah. so they're going to par- probably hear one of these. Yep and take the idea i don't care if it gets stolen as long as they do a good job with it right. so uh so we have a couple today and we'll we'll, we'll let you guys know what it is more today's uh, game we get to it but we're going to be casting for head coaches and movies today so yeah, we're bringing it back for sure i mean look what could be better publicity for us than to be able to claim that you know universal stole our movie idea. well and this is what i love about everything being recorded is now we can go back and say see you know exactly ba- back in the day your honor here's <laughs> exactly. uh, the court <laughs> let the record show this uh, was all right. That would be a good lawyer. I, I don't know about that. Specialize in bird. I don't law. like homework. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like homework. Yeah. I think I could maybe make a decent argument. But see, I don't buy that. Uh, see, people say they don't like homework. I see you do homework for this show and you do a good job. It's just something you like to do for college football. Yeah, but I don't want, so, I don't like defending people for, you know, dumping garbage illegally or whatever, you know, boring crime. Unless it's like the most fascinating. Illegally. Well, that's probably what like that's the majority the of the court. Mind. Mo- most people would assume like, oh, it's like some some crazy murder case, but that's probably really rare. The majority of the stuff is probably just like, oh, he got, yeah, probably, you know, whatever, something lame. It's like a dispute over the fence line between two houses. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit about that. A lot of paperwork. I'd be, I'd be a college football lawyer. That's what I'll be. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would be good. But uh, Sounds good, Will. We've got some college football news. So today, the Associated Press released their top 25, their preseason top 25. And boys, look, here's what I love the most is that 
obviously it just vindicates everything I've said about Matt Campbell 100%, right? <laughs> because Iowa State's ranked number seven. As we know, Tyler wants them to be not ranked at all. He thinks they're going to go 0-12. No, I'm kidding. Look, Tyler... Go ahead. Speak, keep speaking for me. Well, we we do this like every episode, it seems like. We're basically just becoming a Matt Campbell debate yeah, show. We, we can't we can't <laughs> do Skip Bayless where every time he gets on, he talks about the Cowboys, right. you know, but... Uh, I will say it one more time. I do think Iowa State's a little overrated. And I said this with the coach rankings. It's not that I think Matt Campbell's a bad coach. I think everyone's always too high on him. It's not that I think oh, Iowa State's a bad team. Number seven? N- it's number their highest seven? ranking in school history, which well, is pretty cool. I mean, it's cool obviously, for them. There's, there's a reason for that. Yeah. They're not saying that about Oklahoma, who's number two, or Alabama, who's number one. There's right. a reason for that. Yeah. Iowa State's never been here before. We'll see if they stay here. I don't have a lot of faith. Okay. Well, yeah, as he said at Alabama, number one, no surprise there. Oklahoma two, Clemson three, Ohio State four. None of that shocking. You know, it only starts to really get interesting once you get past those top five. Georgia's five. You know, we've got uh, North Carolina rounding out the top ten. I was looking at a a uh, a tweet I saw earlier that kind of listed how many teams for each conference, and uh, it was a lot of SEC, a lot of Big Ten. Uh, you know, decent amount of of uh, Big 12 and Pac-12, uh, the ACC only had three teams in the top 25. Yeah, that's It's just crazy. Miami, Clemson, and North Carolina. So, But this is too heavy on exactly what we saw last year. There's not enough, in my opinion, carryover from new players, right. development. This is just yeah. lazy in my mind. It's, just it's what pretty we saw typical, last year. Right? I mean, yeah, but that's why coach rankings don't have that much, you know, they don't have that much... Uh, Respect in in the mind of a lot of people. Yeah, you know. So I, I mean, mean, how many how take many these with a grain of salt? For sure. How many times do we see like a team that's ranked like number six or number nine or whatever, or number seven or whatever, end up not ranked? I think uh, you you sent me this. Well, there was uh, actually uh, what was the tweet? Uh, yeah, read it for us. So uh, it was retweeted today on the college football tailgate uh, Twitter. Uh, give us a follow, by the way, at CFB Pod. But the tweet here by Chris Falica since two 2000- Chris Falica the bear. Uh, Chris Felico, sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Suave. We can't, hey, we can't wow. disrespect the bear, dude. All right, yeah. Uh, since 2002, actually, I love the bear, man. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he is. Shout he out to the job. bear. Since 2002, starting this for the 19th time, <laughs> every year but one, which was 2019 when Texas finished 25th, there has been at least one team in the preseason top 10 that was unranked at the end of the season. Last year, three of the preseason top nine teams all finished unranked. Yeah. Number six, LSU. Number seven, Penn State. And number nine, Oregon. So my question to you, Will, who's the team this year? And I'm going to say something. We're taking Cincinnati out. That's the, that's the easy answer. That is the easy answer. Yeah, so take Cincinnati out and give me one team who you think it's going to be. And I know I just sprung this on you, but I, am, I, am I forcing you to say Ohio, or, uh, Iowa State here? No, you're not. Look, Come I on, think it's got to be Iowa State. <laughs> I, I don't know if they'll finish in the top 10. I do think they'll finish top 25. If I had to pick one that's not Cincinnati, and by the way, I think Cincinnati will finish in the top 25 just because they're the best team in the AAC. But if I had to pick one in the top 10 that won't be ranked, I'm going Notre Dame. They have a tough schedule. They lose a lot mm. from their team last year. They lose Ian Book. They lose a lot of good players on the defense. They lose some offensive linemen. Uh, and the schedule is just really tough. And so, you know, I think Notre Dame is a good team. You know, at some point we're going to uh, go through. I, you know, I gave out a top 25 a couple weeks ago uh, that'll be debuted eventually here, but I didn't have Notre Dame nearly that high. To me, they're, I, I'd put them right around like 20, you know, low 20s, something okay. like that. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to go North Carolina. No, I love the Tar Heels, man. I'm, I'm on the, I'm fully on the Tar Heels, Tar Heels bandwagon this year. 
Return of the Mac. He's going to win the na- national championship there. You think so? Let's see, Maybe. I, I, I think know. you're higher on North Carolina than I am this year, but we'll see. Um, who would you pick? It'd be Iowa State, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, for sure. No you doubt. think they'll be unranked? No, I mean, I think they have the high... <laughs> That's the thing. Is that their schedule is, is rather favorable. Um, All right, well, how about this? What would you say if I said... probably North Carolina. Texas A&M. Now, look, I think they're really good. That's but, where I was going. Yeah, exactly. That schedule, right? The schedule's yeah. so tough. It's, it wouldn't even be they're not one of the top 25 teams in the country. It's just more that they could easily lose. It's not that much of a stretch to say they could lose five games. I mean, right? week two, they play University of Colorado, and I'm not ruling upset. out an upset. I Is mean, it's in Boulder? It's in altitude. No, it's in Denver. Okay. Uh, mile Still high. That's yeah. altitude for, for uh, Exactly. That's folk. why I think you got to keep your eye on that uh, on that game. But week there's two. a lot of games for A&M, but that's actually an interesting one. I mean, Jimbo Fisher, you know, does he get over the hump? And I, th- that's the team probably with the most volatility. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look. They could go undefeated. They could go, you know, New quarterback, although I think it's probably going to be an upgrade. I wasn't the biggest fan of Kellen Mond. Mm -hmm. Um, But whenever you break in a new quarterback, you know, they they have lost some talent. I think he's going to build a monster there. I think that we'll be talking about Texas A&M as one of those teams, kind of like Georgia, where they're not quite on the level of Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson, but they're always trying to like break in there. I think that we'll be talking about Texas A&M like that for years to come. All SEC next next week, next show. Yes, I'm next next week that. we'll do we'll do the SEC preview. If we want to do, we can touch on some, uh, you know, maybe some group of five stuff here and there. Just a couple teams. We we never talked about Notre Dame. Um, obviously, we could lump them in with the ACC today because they're kind of like half ACC. Lump them in? That's not very I mean, respectful way to talk about Brian Kelly's team. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think they're a good team. Like I said, I just don't. I think that we could see a down year for them. So we'll see. But I mean, the top twenty five is really only interesting to me because we're seeing. I think that. The AP and the coaches poll reflected this too, is that a lot of the teams that were struggling last year, but we know have a lot of talent, are being put back in here. And maybe it's just notoriety, or maybe it's a team like LSU or like Penn State, where they really struggled last year, and now people are throwing them on this top twenty-five because they have that talent and things are set up for them to have kind of a rebound year. I mean, LSU is one of those teams. I think they will. They're 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 built for it. They've got a lot of players, good staff. I mean, this is Ed Orgeron. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Coach it's o. weird that he's in this position to where he now has to kind of reprove himself. He's yeah. fresh off of a national championship a couple of years ago. So uh, I expect big things this year from LSU. And we never made our week one bet board game. I wanted to see what happened with the line after the quarterback uh, injury. Do you have an updated line on that? It's moved to three and a half. That's right about where we said it. We, we, we it were, is. Yeah. So I'm hoping we get another half line movement. It moves to three. Then I'm going to say, hey, Will, so you're you not to willing to make game. the bet board until the, the the week of. Is that what you're saying? You're not willing to, to bet on we'll LSU three and a half? I don't want to put myself in any corners, but we'll see what happens. I think Tyler officially <laughs> doesn't want to take three and a half. Yeah, uh, breaking news. We'll see. Look, that'll be a good one. Uh, at least there, you know what? At least the, the preseason poll is showing some respect to some of the smaller teams that performed last year, like Coastal Carolina coming in at 22. Uh, two Sun Belt teams right there, 22 and 23. Coastal Carolina, Louisiana Lafayette, the Ra- Raging Cajuns. I love to see it because both those teams were so fun to watch last year. And they, they bring back a lot. They should be, you know, they should be good teams this year, too. And I think it's awesome that we have more notoriety coming from. The you know the group of five. I mean, but do you really think those are the twenty second and twenty third best teams in the country? I mean, I don't know. That's tough because look, some of the teams that aren't on this list. You know, here's some of the other receiving votes: Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, 
TCU. <laughs> Oklahoma State would embarrass Coastal Carolina right now. I, mean, I don't know on. about embarrass. I okay. think that would be okay. a game. I don't okay. know. Well, we got we got uh, pretty high on the on the coastal. shades clear <laughs> on coastal. Yeah, last year. they made fans of us. Yep, they sure did. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of listeners in Coastal Carolina. Embarrass? I don't know about embarrass. They were pretty damn good last year, Tyler. They they, they uh, whooped the shit out of BYU. Remember that? Oklahoma State is really good. Are they? Yes. They're not ranked. <laughs> That's the point. Look, you're probably right. Uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss would put up uh, 85. Okay, let's cool it here. But they, yeah. they, they, they'd score a lot. Ole Miss might put up 85 on them, but they might give up 75. Yeah, Lane Kiffin. Ole, Ole Miss only team in college football with 100 percent vaccination. Wow. Yeah. You're kidding me. Ole Actually, Miss? as of like four days ago, and we're recording this on the uh, 16th, but yeah, it was Ole Miss. 100% wow. vaccination as of uh, a few days ago. Okay, if you could have bet on that before the season, which team would have been the first it, to reach 100% vaccination? Probably what are the chances Ole Miss, not Ole Miss would have been on your short it list? It probably wouldn't have been Ole Miss, but <laughs> the reason why it could have potentially been up there is because Lane Kiffin. I think he does a good job. They're very kind of, it seems like... It's a team decision. I mean, we're not even going to get into the sort of politics or anything, but in terms of making a decision as a team, Lane Kiffin's got to be up there as a head coach and getting those things done. His and players love playing for him. Yeah, no doubt about that. I love Lane Kiffin. Also, you can't put it past an SEC team to just say, yeah, no, they totally all got their shots. That's, <laughs> right. That's true. I did see, uh, I know it's not college football, but uh, the Falcons were the first NFL team to be 100%. What's happening? Okay. Is this know, not, isn't this going against all of the, the rules of politics right. that have been set forth by Twitter? <laughs> oh, um, Twitter. I love Twitter. Yeah, well, you, shout out you, to Ole Miss. Look, you I, talk I would about put, a healthy place to have a discussion. No doubt, Twitter. man. Hey, yeah. if there's one thing the world needs more of, it's, it's Twitter and conversations on Twitter. Yep. Um, comment section look i'd put Ole miss in my i did put them in my preseason top 25 i think they're going to be a very good team um you know who i'd i'd leave out of here maybe i'd leave utah out of it maybe i'd leave iowa out of it uh not, you know I, I respect those teams i think they're they're good I'm, i'd probably leave indiana off that top 25 as well um indiana why i uh, think indiana is going to be good this year Look, Penix, I, Penix is healthy. I think they could be good too, and we'll talk about that when we do the Big Ten preview. But for me, I I think that last year, you know, it was a legendary year for them. I think they got nine or ten wins. They beat Michigan for the first time. There were a lot of teams. They beat Penn State for the first time in a long time. Um, but I do kind of think that maybe they got a little lucky in some of those games. And even though I respect what Tom Allen has done there, and I I was rooting for Indiana last year. It's fun to see teams that aren't traditionally good do well right and get to that level i just don't know if they can keep that up especially when you consider you know last year was a really down year for teams like michigan teams like penn state wisconsin even i think you'll see a lot of those teams bounce back and the chances that indiana is just going to be able to kind of compete on that high level again i'm not so sure will's so ready to do the big 10 breakdown i just want to get into it right now hey i'm ready for the acc too i came ready so uh, i'll break down anything full-on breakdown um Mental breakdown. Uh, okay, so that's top 25. We've been waiting for a while. A little, little bit of college football news. Uh, this, this I believe, came up just yesterday. The big t- Reportedly, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 are forming an alliance. This is like straight out of Survivor. This is your wheelhouse, Tyler. They are forming an alliance because it's strictly a reaction from... Uh, the SEC grabbing Texas and Oklahoma. They're worried that maybe more teams from their conferences want to escape and join the right. Super Conference SEC. So now we're seeing the report is that right now it's just a scheduling 
alliance, right? So they will they'll work to have them <laughs> play each like other in non-conference. Alliance. But I think the whole point of this this was a direct quote from the story on ESPN is that it creates stability without schools moving conferences. So clearly this is a play from those three conferences to hold on to the teams they have and, you know, directly compete with the SEC. So uh, they're going, they're going to meet and they're going to agree to communicate more and share information and get the teams together and, and get these ADs to give information is is that is that what I'm understanding? Like, I mean, t- technically, they already met. Uh, the The athletic directors already did. Okay, but uh, so whether they already met or not, the idea is that there's more exposed information. There's a pipeline of information. We know what's going on. If any teams are thinking about bolting, we'll know about it. Is that what's going on? Is this a money thing at all? I I mean, I really I don't know that they're they're giving each other more information. I really think that what it is is that all three of the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 are all looking at each other and saying. Hey, uh, if we just let the SEC do whatever they want, do whatever they want, we're all going to be dead in ten years. Right, so but let's I don't understand. Team up. I don't understand how this prevents a team like let's use your school, Michigan. Okay, yeah. I don't understand how this prevents Michigan and Ohio State going behind everyone's back, just like Texas and Oklahoma just right. did. If a school wants out, they're going to break the rules of whatever this alliance is right. and go to the SEC anyway. So I get what, the, what they're trying to do. I just don't understand in reality how that's going to help anything. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's just because if, if it is scheduling and they agree that, you know, the big, the top teams from the big 10 will schedule the top teams from the ACC and the top teams from the PAC 12 every year for non-conference games. What that does, that brings in more revenue. Maybe, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe they're sharing a little bit of info on how the other conferences make money because what we know is that if the Big 12 was making better money and more revenue, Texas and Oklahoma are not leaving. Well, That's the whole reason why they left. But honestly, I, my, my whole thing is I think that they're getting down to a money thing at the end of all mm. this. I believe the the end goal here is they start working together, get they get Sharing to know one revenue, another. Maybe. Well, and then maybe there's some huge giant mega multi-billion dollar TV deal Ooh, that, I like that now gets done with an ACC Pac-12 Big Ten kind of you know, they get all the schools in there and they have like whatever they would call it, some Thursday night game, Friday night game, Saturday night game, you know, so uh, that's where I think this is leading. You know, the, this is, I think, how a lot of this college football business is done now. You get to know one another, you build that relationship before you know it, money takes everything over. Yeah, for sure. And what I think is mostly notable about this is that the report said nothing about the Big 12 being part of this because some people think the Big 12 is trying to expand or maybe team up with the American or whatever in order to survive. Clearly, the big Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 are saying you're a sinking ship. Yeah, you know maybe we'll maybe we'll take a couple of your teams when you die, but we're not teaming up with you right now. We're not sharing revenue with you. Yeah, I think the Big Twelve is just going to completely dissolve. Yeah, could be bad. Big Twelve, they had such an identity for so long. I know, man. You was part of the Big Twelve, my team, and so uh, yeah, it's gonna. But but, I mean, there's some good schools who are going to be up for grabs. We mentioned Oklahoma State earlier. There's TCU, Baylor, with all their allegations and Baylor, sanctions. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of good schools. <laughs> Baylor may Iowa get... Iowa State. Am I right? You know what's interesting? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting, too, is the timing of a lot of things will dictate where teams end up. Like Baylor getting sanctions yeah. may put a bad taste in some of these conferences' mouth just as these teams are going to get released. That may be a bad yep. thing for Baylor. Winning, simply winning may be a good thing. I mean, if you can put together a really good season right now, let's say uh, Kansas is never going to happen ever. <laughs> they're, o- they're over under is one yeah, in Las Vegas. Tough. Yeah, Kansas is. But wow. let's say hypothetically... You want to make that a bet board? They go 12-0. No, <laughs> take, I don't. Take the over. No, I don't. Let's say hypothetically they go 12-0. and 0. 
and there's oh a real gosh. appeal around. Well, now you got football and basketball. Hell now Kansas is, is some some kind of hot ticket item. My point is, winning now matters more than it has in other times during college football because when teams are getting picked up left or right, the perception you're getting a better team for sure is is going to be a good thing. So, and that really matters in the group of five as well. Yeah, and great timing for Iowa State to have like a good football yeah. program right now. Five years ago, yeah. they're worthless because they don't right. have anything. Yeah. Now they have a good football program. The one thing that Baylor has going for them is even though. Their football program has struggled, you know, last year especially. They had a good one the year before that, but their basketball team just won the national championship. Right. That's a good thing. Kansas, horrible football, but they have one of the biggest basketball programs but in the country. Basket, it doesn't seem like basketball matters. When you yeah. really look at the schools who are being picked out and know. the decisions that are being made, basketball seems like it's being ignored. That's money, though. I, like Maybe basketball doesn't matter for some schools, but at Kansas, I think it does. That moves the needle for but, just overall okay. revenue. Who's talked about bringing Kansas in? The Big Ten. There's already been reports oh, okay. that, that the Big Ten was going after Kansas. That was the first school I heard of. See, I didn't know Kansas was being talked about. I didn't yeah. know Kansas was being looked at. And Maybe basketball is a big deal, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think. I mean, look, football I, drives the needle. You're definitely right. I think that it does drive the needle. I just think the exception is Kansas is one of like five or or five or six top tier basketball programs, right? Yeah. So obviously Texas Tech, who's been a a, a good basketball program recently. They're not going. Their basketball isn't going to move the needle just because they're not like a blue blood program. There's got to be other thing. Tex, other things. Uh, Texas Tech is good at or known for though. Um, you know, they've got to be really good at something in there. I just don't know what it is. But I it's mean, how, like how all schools work. They have their sort calf of calf open. Yeah, there you go. Calfing, uh, ranching, <laughs> ranching. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. Don't, I don't know if that's. A, they're a technical a school, so probably a little bit okay. of science well, going on down there. Huh. You know, uh, maybe science. science of farming. I don't know. I mean, they're not an ag school. That's what Texas A and M is. But okay. I mean, look, Texas Tech has probably has a uh, a solid rabbit following, you know. And there's got to be something to bringing in a school just in the state of Texas in general, just because I think that Texas is kind of synonymous with football, and and there is value in that, right? Yeah. I mean, you get recruits who now want to play against A and M, or who would want to play against Tech, or yep. anything like that. And it does open up, you know, kind of a pipeline, but. I think that it's just going to be so fun to see all this stuff. I know you talked about the how you didn't like this a couple weeks ago. I think this is going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's yeah. going to be like yeah. real life NCAA. Yeah, I mean, it like could the be. video game, Look, for those who didn't know. <laughs> it's it's definitely exciting. NCAA. It's exciting to see where they go, but my whole thing is just like, I want... I prefer to just keep the Big 12 how it is and have things work. Obviously, it's their fault. They didn't... You know, they're the ones that couldn't find a way to make more money, so they, there's no one to blame except for the Big 12 themselves. But, you know, look, I, that's why I think this whole alliance thing is good. I don't want to see just the, the top two teams from the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the ACC leave and join the SEC. And then we're left with some weird mishmash of what college football, you know, used to be. It is weird the Big 12 didn't do anything recently. They, they didn't yeah. make any huge moves. Didn't or, try to get anybody. Yeah, get any new TV deals. I mean, I don't know if they said, hey, the Longhorn Network's there, so we can't compete with that. Let's not do anything. But it's very strange. I don't. I, like you said, I don't really feel sorry for him. No, I don't. The way things happened, I feel sorry for fans. I mean, look, if you're a fan of a Big Twelve team and all of a sudden you, you've got yeah. no idea where, I mean, you guys know now. You're used to you guys are Colorado fans. Yeah, you're used to them being in the Pac-12. But those first couple of years, it sucked. It's right? still weird. To yeah, be honest with you, you don't yeah. really have like a legit rival. It's kind of Utah. They call it the what the Rocky the Mountain Rumble in the Rockies. The Rumble in the Rockies. It's not really exactly like you don't have your. You guys miss the. I mean, how fun was it every year when Oklahoma or Texas or oh, yeah. Nebraska came to Boulder and you yeah. knew you were good for an upset every year? No, I love that and I want that uh, back. But I mean, different things happen when you when you mix it up. And I, I, I saw that uh, one of CU's recruits 
said that he came to the Buffs specifically because they played in the Pac-12. He for grew sure. up in California, wanted to play for a Pac-12 team. So, you know, things happen, and fans will get used to it. I do think that the rivalries is, is something that's going to suck. You for know, sure. whether it's Michigan, Michigan State eventually get... I mean, just think of any rivalry out there. I don't know why yeah. I brought up the Michigan specifically, but any rivalry would be... You know, bad for the fans short term and even long term, but it, it it's how things go and money's gonna drive these situations. Definitely. So, you know, as as a fan, just buckle up and hopefully it does lead to better football, more, you know, bigger games. And yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, look, that's why I like this this alliance. It's funny that that's what it that's how big the SEC has become. I mean, if you're like an SEC fanboy, this like this is basically like porn to you because <laughs> the whole it just means more thing has always been kind of cheesy i think and there has been years where i feel like everyone has overvalued the sec but where things are right now the sec is you know they're on top by far the the teams that were struggling have gotten better florida's back uh you've got texas a&m is doing really well you know uh georgia is doing really well and then now you have i mean how it, it just shows how strong the sec is that three other conferences have to team up to say this is the only way, only way we can compete with the sec and keep them from from raiding our conference. Yeah, it's it's them and then the rest. I mean, but haven't we been saying this for a while? Or am I remembering right or not? I don't want to throw Will under the bus here, okay? I don't <laughs> want to do that. But didn't you say last year that it wasn't the SEC, that the ACC was right behind them, that, that the you know these other Am I remembering wrong? Uh, well, I, look, I think, I don't know. Because I thought I was going all SEC last year, and then you were like, hold on for a no, sec. Look, well, I definitely wouldn't have put the ACC right behind them. Um, I, I think the ACC might be just just barely above the Pac-12 as well, far maybe as... Maybe I'm misremembering but, but, that, but I thought you said they were all the conferences. I do think that over the past like five, six years, I think that the Big Ten and the Big 12 have been really close right behind them. You know, just as far as as best football conference, just like best teams, whatnot. I do think that there has... I mean, I think it was 2016 was the year where, uh, you know, you had a really deep Big Ten, you had a really deep Big 12... Um, and I think that that there were there, you could probably pick out a couple of years where you could say maybe the overall depth was better in one conference than the SEC. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's the case all the time. If we're just looking at the last decade or the last two decades, really, it's the SEC by far. Yeah. And so I, you know, I do think that teams are making it. Other conferences are getting more competitive and making it tougher on the SEC. But the thing that I love about this is, you know, when you get into a playoff, it's going to go away more and more. But in one game, anything can happen. I know that's so cliche, sure. but it's so true, actually. I mean, definitely. that's why in the NBA, you know, or any sport where you get a seven-game series, generally, the better team's always going to win yep. because you have seven games. But, you know, I love That's why in college football, you know, things happen, and, and it's great. So you get a good team in the Pac-12, like maybe a USC or a Washington this year, mm-hmm. or if Michigan or Ohio State or someone in the Big Ten. And that's the thing. You can still take out an SEC team, but... When you add them and and you add now twelve teams in the in the playoffs, yeah, it is going to be harder. When now you got to go through Florida and LSU, then LSU, and then Alabama, exactly. I mean, so how, Texas A and M beating them once, you know, the old system. That's actually maybe even easier and better for those teams right there in that second tier college football because you just have to win that one game. I mean, in the BCS, yep. one and two got voted in one game. Yeah, when it was a Final Four, okay, now you got to win two games, but still, that's it. You know now it's really different so i think it actually favors teams like ohio state alabama clemson that there's 12 yeah for sure 
No doubt about that. Um, all right, moving on. We got uh, just a couple little news and notes here. Notre Dame announced Jack Cohn going to be the starter at quarterback. He, of course, is the transfer from Wisconsin. Cohn. How do you spell it? C-O-A-N. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Jack's Cones. Ice cream shop. Jack's Jack's ice cream yep. cones. Yeah. I like that. What about what about Jack's road cones? Hazard cones. Road cones. <laughs> yeah, that kind of cone. That's nice too. <laughs> cones. Um, yeah, Safety cones. He's the transfer from, from Wisconsin. I believe last year he started the year as the starting quarterback, and then either COVID, it was like a COVID thing, or he got hurt, and then Graham Mertz came in, lit it up. He was like their first five star quarterback recruit, and at that point, it was pretty obvious he wasn't going to get the starting job back. So he transfers to Notre Dame. He's going to be the starter this year and fill in for Ian Book, who uh, is now in the NFL. Do we know where he is in the NFL? I'm not sure. Philadelphia, maybe something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so Notre Dame's got their starting quarterback. Another NFL update. This is going to be a reoccurring thing here on this show, whether you guys like it or not. Because Saints in book place. Saints. Saints. Okay. Yes. Uh, reoccurring thing on the show for me is going to be an update on Urban Meyer in the NFL. <laughs> <Okay>. he, <laughs> he lost his first preseason game. Uh, he's making his his players do one on one drills at practice, like he did at Ohio State. Uh, he's already said that he's not going to say that Trevor Lawrence will be the starting quarterback when we all know that's true. Uh, well, and Gardner Minshew can play a little bit. He can, but. Lawrence is going to be the quarterback. You can't pick him number one and not. Uh, I just think that's insane. I think that I think Lawrence will be the starter. And it, to me, it just feels like gimmicky stuff that maybe works in college that isn't going to fly in the NFL. And I, you know, that everything that the mustache works in the NFL, man. And you're offending a lot of Washington State fans right now who love the stash. The stash? No, look, I love Gardner Minshew. I really did. He was fun to watch at Washington State. He was fun to watch in Jacksonville. But when you pick Trevor Lawrence number one. Uh, I think that the expectation and what will happen is he's going to start game one. And I, I don't know. I just feel like I've been saying it for a while. I think Urban Meyer is going to crash and burn in the NFL. I don't think it's going to work. He's already bringing in Tim Tebow as a tight end. I don't know if you guys saw the whiff uh, block. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, my gosh. It went viral. He, he you know, they, they targeted him, and I saw he had a touchdown catch in practice. Yeah. Um, so I don't doubt that maybe he can run around and catch. But for a guy who, like, wasn't afraid of contact as a runner when he was quarterback – like, that was one of the worst block attempts I've ever seen. Yeah, I didn't see it, but... Yeah, the, look it up on your phone right now if you're listening. Um, it was horrible. He was, like, basically... I think he was, like, doing, like, a trap block or something. Yeah. And completely whiffed. Yeah, it looks like Tarzan plays like Jane right now. Yeah, sure. seriously. Which is, you know, look, the, the guy didn't tackle the runner, so... He didn't like totally fail. It was yeah, but he more or less just got in his way. <laughs> yeah, I mean like he like ran to make contact and somehow did like a little like pirouette spin and oh, it was I love really this. Yeah, let me watch a thirty second video to watch a fifteen second clip. Yeah, hey, look, advertising. Jesus. We know how it works. But yeah. I look, I don't think Tim Tebow. I I just think that all these things in the first like week that Urban Meyer was announced, he tried to hire that uh, strength and conditioning coach from Iowa. Uh, Chris Doyle, I think, was his name, and immediately all the players and and there's all this backlash because this guy had allegedly you know done some some awful shit at Iowa. Who knows? But things just don't seem like they're going super smooth in ja in Jacksonville. And uh, I'm happy that he's not on the Fox broadcast anymore to shit on Michigan every Saturday while I'm watching. <laughs> but I I'll be even happier when he crashes and burns in the NFL. And I think mm -hmm. that's what's going to happen. He wasn't lying a lot of the time when he'd talk about uh, Michigan. No, I know, but like it just hurts more when it's your like the guy who destroyed you <laughs> yeah, for seven straight years, that. the one doing it. That's I can tough. hear the truth, but when it comes from him, it it's painful. So you uh, can't handle the truth. Yeah, seriously, that's a can't. pretty good Nicholson. You like that? Yeah, not, yeah, bad. not bad. Not bad. Of all yeah. your, yeah, I mean, you, you do a lot of impressions. And that that one is really similar to the Monsters Inc. Uh, Mike Wazowski. Roz. 
You laid on your paperwork again, Wazowski. <laughs> that was like literally the exact same. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> uh, that's yeah, funny. Kind of All right, uh, let's get to our ACC preview. All so right, we're gonna, ACC. We're going to give out conference winners. We're going to do uh, the kind of like a dark horse team. We've got exciting players, storylines, things like that. So, look, the, uh, we should just go ahead and say it. We're both picking Clemson. Right, <laughs> win well, the SEC. Don't speak for me. Yes, yes. Look, and, and I want to announce something. I'm okay. bringing. I want to start a new trend. Okay. You know how the Mac, right? The MAC, the Mac. I want to start the calling computer. the computer. Yeah, I want to start calling the ACC the AC. The AC. Mm. The AC. What about no? But sometimes when you, you have like a it? double C, it doesn't come out hard like that. What if we start calling it the ass? Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like an like ass that. thing. No, know? see, we can't do that. We'd lose a lot of fans. I like the ACC. The Axe. The Axe. That's kind of... That, that's nice. You know what? I do have a beef with the ACC is the oh, no. divisions. The Coastal versus Atlantic. Those mean the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the coast of the Atlantic. So, you know, you should have it north or south or have something different. But, like, the idea that there's some great distinction between Coastal and Atlantic makes no sense to me at all. None of those teams are out in the ocean. Remember so, when, they're all uh, coastal. Remember when Big Ten went leaders and legends? Oh, that was the, the worst. leaders. Yeah, they blew it. Exactly. And this is the same thing with the ACC. So yeah. That's actually... That's, I can live with that qualm. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I, I agree. Well, I do have uh, Clemson winning the Atlantic... Uh, and winning the ACC. Look, they've won six straight ACC titles. Um, there's pretty much no one in the conference that can compete with them. Yeah, they've lost one or two games you know, occasionally, but the idea that any of these teams are on the same level of Clemson is kind of absurd. But you do look at the Coastal Division on the other side, and there is some good teams there. I've got, so my championship game is going to be Clemson versus North Carolina. I do like North Carolina winning the Coastal Division. And uh, but I, I've got Clemson winning it, and uh, that should be no surprise. Tyler, what do you got? You're so plain Jane. Am I? Yes. So you're taking it's Miami. Just chalk. Yeah, I'm taking Miami, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, so wild. I know. Well, Dari King obviously returning. That's the big thing. And if they can shore up that defensive line, lost a couple big D ends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really big. So that's the main Impact thing. Players. I mean, yeah, you got to be able to pressure the quarterback, stop the run. But if they can do that on defense, Miami's. That's again. That's a question mark, and it's going to be pretty volatile in the conference. But I think Miami's going to put points up, so I will take the U. Let's go U coming out of the coastal, and then a Clemson coming out of the Atlantic. But if there is going to be something crazy that happens, NC State. And I know we're going to get to dark horse. Yeah. So if I just beat you to it, there yeah, you go. go. Ahead. Hit me with N- it. NC State Wolfpack. is my team. Yes, the Wolfpack. They're returning 19 starters. They went seven and three last year. It's funny. At least for me, there's some teams seven and four, seven and four. Yeah, uh, last year. It's funny for me. Some teams, I remember or I don't remember them doing much at all. And it's not like you know, I, I obviously didn't watch much NC State football last year. Right. Probably didn't bet on them a whole lot. So going back, doing some homework, watching some of these games. They looked really good. They bring a ton back. And one thing you notice year by year is there's some stats where teams regress to the mean or progress to the mean, and one is yards per game. And when you get a team as good as NC State, finished seven and four, and they oh, had sorry, some, eight and four, eight and I, four. I, thank last you. Last correction. Had some wins against some good teams. <laughs> no, thank you. You know, there's a lot of fans. I had to look it up. Happy about that. Wins against some good teams. And we're still negative thirty four yards per game. That's a stat you expect them to rebound in. So not only did they have a good year last year. 
they're projected to do better this year, okay? Yeah. And, and you can't just focus on wins and losses. So I expect big, thing for, big things for NC State, but their schedule is tough. I mean, for sure. that's the one thing. They've got some tough games. They have to go on the road for some of their bigger games, but NC State's going to have a real team, and uh, they're not getting talked about enough. So Yeah, I mean, look, it's tough. They're in the Atlantic Division with Clemson. So the idea, like you said, if, if you're going to pick them as a dark horse, you really got to expect a lot of chaos there. Right. And I like NC State. You know, you said it, a lot of starters, they have like three really good running backs that are fun to watch. But, you know, you also said it, the schedule is tough. Their non-conference schedule is not easy. They got South Florida. They're at Mississippi State. Then you look at their, just their divisional games, right? Just the teams that are in their division. They got Clemson. They have to go on the road at Boston College, Florida State, Wake Forest, and then you look at the teams. They just got really unlucky with who they pulled from the uh, from the coastal division. They got North Carolina and Miami. Exactly, Miami's see? on the road. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. And I, you know, I think that even if they do improve, I just think that eight eight and four is a best case scenario for me. You know, Dave Dorn, he did a really good job last year. He's done a great job at NC State. He's at he's been there seven years. Four of those seasons, he's had eight or nine wins, but he's just never finished with less than four losses. I think we're going to see more of that. You know, I, I think they'll probably end up with uh, seven and five, eight and four. They Sa- same thing. They do have some experience on defense. Both their safeties, I think, are seniors. So uh, that's going to be, or one of them is a junior, but still a lot of experience. And uh, one thing with NC State is you mentioned, and we've talked about some of those games are on the road, uh, those tough games. They have been not been good when they've gone on the road and have been in an underdog position. Now, against the spread, we talk about this sometimes, the spread or the line is the great equalizer. When Alabama plays some terrible team and they're a 50-point favorite, what that means is they're expected to win by 50 points. That's the expectation. If they win by 45, technically they didn't meet expectation. If they win by 51, technically they exceeded expectation. So against the spread is a real good indication how teams are doing against expectation. You get rid of wins and losses. So NC State... When they go on the road and they're expected to lose, so they're in a way underdog, last uh, 10 years, they're 10, 17, and 2. That's not great. So they really underperform in every other situation, home dog, home favorite, neutral, all this. They're right around 500 or winning. It's just a terrible spot for them historically. So again, this year, bigger games on the road, you can't really trust them in those spots. Yeah, for sure. And if I, if I had to pick a dark horse from... The Atlantic, my pick actually wouldn't even be NC State. It would be Boston College. Now, they went 6-5 and five last year. Not great. Well, right? I get it. it's such a hipster pick. No, I like, look, I like <laughs> Jeff Halfley. I think that he's a good young coach. He's got, like, NFL experience. And the teams they lost to last year were all, you know, good teams. They didn't have any bad losses. They lost to North Carolina, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Pitt, right? Their quarterback, Phil Dracovich. Jerkovic. I'm not sh- quite sure how you say that. I like saying Jerkovic just because you can call him the jerk. The jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Jerkovic. Look, when he's healthy, he's really good. He missed some time last last year. They got five starters back on the offensive line, and four of those guys have all CC, all ACC honors. You know, they played Clemson really tough last year. The schedule's workable. They, you know, they got Missouri non-conference. They go at Clemson, but we know that they. I mean, they were up on Clemson early last year, um, but then they get NC State. Virginia Tech, Florida State, Wake Forest, all at home. They don't have to play North Carolina. They don't have to play Miami. I think that this could be a 9-3 and three team if Jerkovic stays healthy. I, um, I, I said that they were the hipster picked, yeah. but I actually like it. I was jealous that you got them. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're going to be elite on the line. I mean, they're going to be able sure. to really run the football. They, I mean, they've got, uh, according to Phil Steele's preseason ACC teams, 
and this is actually a little bit different than what you were just talking about, Will, with uh, the ACC stand, uh, the ACC first second team from last year. This is the this year's preseason uh, Phil Steele uh, rankings, or at least his uh, first second team. There's two Boston College linemen on the first team, one on the second team, one on the third team. I mean, they're going to be elite on the line. So uh, Boston College. Uh, I, I don't blame you for taking them as a team to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And, and uh, Boston, I will say this, underrated jerseys. I yeah. like the maroon, the gold. Good I colors. like the look, yeah, yeah for pretty, sure. Pretty fresh look. Yeah. I also like uh, NC State's unis, too, and their new uh, their new logo. Yeah, see, pretty dope. So I think we have a, a theme this year. If you're looking good, you're playing good in twenty in 2021. Yeah, look, for look sure. Look good, feel okay. good. Yeah. I mean, look, it's uh, Clemson's got the runaway, though. You know, both of us are – those are kind of pipe dreams for both those teams. They could be very good, but you look at Clemson, it's like a two- or three-game season for them. They got Georgia week one, and then it's like they're at NC State week four, and after that, I don't even know what their toughest matchup would be at South Carolina at the end of the year. They don't play North Carolina. You know, it, it, it'll be a disappointment if Clemson doesn't get 11 wins, I feel like. Don't they have a slip-up every occasionally? Isn't there that yeah, one team who kind of gives them a definitely. little bit of a... It's been like Pitt sometimes or Boston yeah. College, so it could be, but then you'd have to expect that that other team would have to kind of run the table too, and I think that's a lot to ask for. Right, so. right. Uh, but look, I'd love it. So, But then you look over to the Coastal Division, right? And so North Carolina is my pick. They've got Sam Howell. Uh, everyone knows about him. He's going to be a Heisman hopeful, probably a top five uh, draft pick next year if he decides to leave. They got all five starters back on the offensive line, and that really helps the running back room, which is deep, but they got to fill in for the losses of Javante Williams and Michael Carter, who were both just complete animals last year. Their wide receiver room, it's young, but it's talented. They got a lot of like high recruits, um, but not a ton of experience. But then you look at the defense. They got 10 starters back, uh, two all ACC guys on the defensive line, and Mac Brown, he's just been recruiting like a monster. And I think, you know, this is now the third year. This is the year his recruits are going to be all over the field. If they can get a win week one at Virginia Tech, which will be a tough matchup, I think they'll be favored in every game but one the rest of the, rest of the season. And that game is at Notre Dame. And depending on how things shake out, they could even be favored in that game. So, um, you know, their schedule is promising at NC State to end the schedule. No Clemson. I just like North Carolina to win the Coastal for that reason. Yeah, and again, I, I picked Miami there. They're just bringing back a ton, and Derrick King's going to be healthy. I do think their schedule's tough, obviously. You know, they're going to yeah. have a, a tough go early on. But that Michigan State game, I mean, I like Miami in that one. Who do you like in that, Miami-Michigan State? Yeah, I think i take Miami for sure. Is there sure. a line right now? I haven't seen an early line for it. I haven't seen it. And look, Michigan State, they had a bad year last year, and Mel Tucker, who none of us are a fan mm. of here. He uh, who shall not be named. That's right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he... He's, he inherited a, a difficult situation to begin with. Uh, he did beat Michigan last year. It was a big upset, but um, you know I just don't think he's got the talent. Um, they got Bama week one, right? Miami does? Miami does, yeah. Bama week one. Which, so their non-conference <laughs> schedule is tough. And look, I love De'Ara King. Cameron Harris is an animal at running back. They have two to three really good wide receivers. One of them a transfer from Oklahoma, Rambo. Five starters back in the offensive line. The offense should be really good. But for me... I mean, Manny Diaz is a defensive coach, and he can't seem to get the defense playing at a high level. Last year, they were really great against the lesser teams, UAB, Florida State, Pitt, Virginia Duke. And then when they played teams with real offensive talent, you know, they just got torched. In the four games between Louisville, Clemson, NC State, and North Carolina, they gave up 44 points per game. Tar Heels scored 62 on them. But I think we got to give Manny Diaz time. I mean, this is normally what coaches do. Uh, I know everyone expects if you're a great coach, you're going to come in and win immediately. Right. He went eight and three. I mean, 
he's getting better year after year. I yeah. think that if you look at his progression, this is where Miami could finally start getting in that conversation. And so, so I think that we need to give them a little bit more credit as we go into the season. If he's going to hit that peak, they have an offense back. I think eight starters are seniors or juniors. For They're sure. going to be good this year. So Yeah, definitely. Look, yeah. I won't be surprised if they if they win the the Coastal and they're in the ACC Championship game against Clemson. Th- that wouldn't surprise me. But the only thing that has me just leaning towards North Carolina, especially in their matchup, is that Mac Brown knows the ins and outs of Manny Diaz. He was his coordinator at Texas for a long time. I think that's why you saw the Tar Heels, Tar Heels scored 62 on them last year. I don't think that Manny Diaz, scheme-wise, has a lot that can surprise Mac Brown. I don't know. I mean, right now in the season, I'm just I, I'm lower on UNC and I'm okay. higher on Miami. So that's tough for me to see at this point. But I mean, we're, we're going to learn a lot by that point in the season. Yeah, for sure. So. It'll be a great game. And for sure. it's that's coming off a bye for Miami. So they got a bye right before North Carolina. That's true. Yep. So um, fair enough. Well, uh, some exciting players for me to watch in the ACC this year. We talked about uh, Derek King for Miami. DJ Uyunglele nailed it first first try. Uyunglele. Wow. Uyunglele. In midseason form. That's right, baby. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, he's going to be really fun to watch. He's a big dude, probably a Heisman contender. Um, and then you look at on North Carolina. They have two defensive ends that are brothers, Tamari and Tommen Fox, the Fox brothers. Both those guys are absolute freaks. They're, they have a lot of talent on the defensive line. I think those guys are going to just be teeing off, getting a lot of sacks. And then one of the more exciting guys that I'm ready to see this year is Mackenzie Milton, uh, quarterback at Florida State. He transferred from Central Florida. He had a really bad injury a couple of years ago. We'll see if he's fully healthy and if he is, in fact, named the starter. But I think he will be. And I think he's really exciting and should make Florida State into kind of like a uh, more competitive team this year. Right, I'm going the jerk, okay? Cause the jerk. I, yeah, I like Boston Jerkovich. College. And I'm actually going to name the the line as like a, a unit there because yeah. I really think Boston College could be one of those teams that, I mean, while they're not necessarily maybe competing for the ACC, they're going to be fun to watch. Yep. Uh, receiver uh, Taj Harris out of Syracuse should have a big year. Jordan Addison, receiver out of a Pittsburgh. Pitt not getting too much love. Uh, Jordan Addison out of Pittsburgh receiver. Um, Jamiri Gribbs, Georgia Tech, and yeah. I actually, I actually think that Jeff Collins is gonna. You talk about coaches making their next next leap. Jeff Collins is gonna do some some good things. I think at Georgia Tech, getting rid of that old system, you know, bringing some new guys in. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Look, they're Georgia Tech's right there on my favorite storyline because I want them to be good. Because if they're not, I'll never forgive them for ditching the triple option. Uh- so, like, to me, they, they need to be good at, at going to the spread in the modern-day football because I loved rooting for them with, uh, I think his name was uh, Paul Johnson running the triple option there. They were so much fun. And so I didn't love the transition, but they're a team that I will root for if they get good again. So. I was looking for one name here, and I finally found him. Zonovan Bam Knight, NC State. Oh, wow. Bam is Bam. his, like... He's like, a running back, right? Middle name, yeah, running back. Yeah. Zonovan Knight, and then Zonovan Bam, Bam. is the middle name, yeah. I mean, that that's such a great nickname for a running back. No, right he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna have a good season, too. Like, I talked Emerald. about NC State. If, if they have a good year, he's going to have a good year, so... Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch Florida State be kind of a chaos team. I don't think they're going to compete for the ACC, but they could definitely upset someone. They did it to North Carolina last year. I think they'll be a chaos team. And then you look at some of the hot seat coaches. Uh, Scott Satterfield, you know, he's making enemies in Louisville. He basically was flirting with leaving for a while in the offseason. People didn't like that. Then they came out and said, you know, he, he did this horrible press conference where he's talking about why he likes Louisville. And he was like, yeah, you know, 
uh, it's great. It's we're close to the airport. It's like well, that's the best thing you can say about <laughs> about the Cardinals. So he's on the hot seat. I think Justin Fuente's on the hot seat at Virginia Tech. It's getting Fuente for sure. I, yeah, exactly. And and they're another chaos Fuego. team. Could be. I mean, Virginia Tech. The ceiling for them is maybe winning the division. And, and unfortunately, the floor is is four or five wins. And Justin Fuente gets fired. You know, last year they were really good against some good teams and really bad against some other teams. So Smitty, what do you got for the ACC? Um. Kind of just going to repeat you guys. Um, I got uh, Clemson and North Carolina in the in the ship. Um, Clemson winning it. Um, I'm a little bit higher on NC State though, so I'll go with them as my dark horse. Ooh, yeah. I love yeah. it. Okay. NC State. Who would you root for in the ACC if you had to? What, what would your team be like if you just had to switch alliances from from the Buffs? Florida State. Uh, yeah, I was going to go FSU too. Really, Florida State. Both yeah. of you to the Knolls. Yeah. It's the gold helmet. That's all. You guys so. just need a gold helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia Tech though too. I like Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia I Tech's always fun. cheer for Georgia Tech. Yeah, for sure. Me yeah. too. What about you? Who'd you go? Um, I mean, I I just love Mac Brown. I I love the Tar Heels colors and their jerseys when they rock those. The baby blues that have like the yeah, those are sweet the like though. diagonal pattern on it. Yeah, those you, helmets, the, oh, the plaid. Yeah, the plaid. Almost. Thank you. When Will falls in love with the college team, yeah. Will falls in love with the college team. I fall in you love. go all in. That's you right. Do. And there's some teams I just we need fall to start in getting some with. music for Will when he's got his <laughs> my crush. Ooh, I like that. We'll call it a new segment. It'll be like hot and bothered with Will. Hot and bothered. <laughs> uh, when Will's getting all hot and bothered. It's Man Crush Mondays. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Special thanks to a great friend of the show, BetUS online, BetUS.com. Uh, 125% sign-up bonus. So here's what you do. Go online, BetUS.com. Let them know you heard about them uh, right here on Tailgate. And you do that by putting in promo code TAILGATE when you sign up. And uh, upon signing up, they'll put 125% of anything you put in there in your account. Now, here's a catch, because I uh, I got in myself, got involved with BetUS. They match 100% of your uh, deposit, and then the extra 25% goes in the casino. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll give you $100 in free play as well, and then you'll have 25 for the casino. Go right. play a little blackjack. Craps, poker. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, little, little, little blackjack, little okay. crabs, exactly. So, but look, it's always nice to have that free play. You put in a hundred, you get a hundred back, and you can bet on any of these sports we're talking about. But not only these games. If you have your favorite players, you can bet on player props. If you like to bet on the future, let's say you're a big Iowa State fan and you hate me talking about Matt Campbell, <laughs> you can bet on them to win the Big Twelve <laughs> and the national championship. All of this available online at BetUS.com. So give them a shout. Uh, you know, check them out betus.com and again put in promo code tailgate and let them know you heard about them right here on college football tailgate no doubt yeah support the show you use the promo code don't sign up and not use the promo code that would be a mean thing to do so be it would be, be be a fan of the tailgate and help us out i think we're getting smitty into uh gambling this year am i right no, am, yeah. I, am i right we're yeah. gonna try and, and and ease him into it ryan's like a squirrel you can't scare him away with any big sudden moves <laughs> that's right and one game at a time yeah you gotta spoon feed me a little, one bit, little bit at a time exactly okay. but we'll see we're gonna we're gonna bring it this year we're gonna have smitty's bet of the week Oh, so I love it! You you gotta come prepared with whatever your your uh, your money is gonna be. And we're also doing a couple other things because I want to drive some points home. So for those who don't know, I know it doesn't get mentioned all the time on here. I'm a professional uh, sports better, and I, th- this is why I love the bet board is because I can get hot, Will can get hot, 
hell, we'll see. Ryan can get hot. But oh, yeah. short term, it's kind of funny that any, anything can happen. So what I want to do, if it's okay with you, maybe we could talk about something. I want to start having my dog pick a game of the week, too. Oh, right. <laughs> and we'll like, see what Layla can go. Which treat? This treat yeah, is exactly. for Florida State. We'll, yeah, this one's for Georgia yeah, Tech. We'll put like, a couple toys out or something like that, a couple treats, and see what she picks. Yeah. And then we'll see how she does as well. Isn't so. there always like an octopus that picks the Super Bowl winner? Well, he's really smart. Ollie. <laughs> Ollie the octopus. I mean, is, that, he, is, is that a real thing? He can handicap. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it before. I don't know who does it. But, I thought it was like a manatee or and something. And I'm pretty sure that he's done it at like a really... He's actually like like betting, picking at like 60%. Yeah. So, he's on fire. The octopus, I, some people will claim that it's like an alien. Mm. Have, you ever, have you ever read that? No. Some people claim that like the octopus has some DNA that's not of this earth. I think it's probably bullshit and that... <laughs> a marine biologist would tell you that's not true, but <laughs> I'm sure there's like their camouflage basic science stuff, stuff. and they're really smart, right? But have you, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think that we, they're but very see, smart. if you want to get deep here, Joe Rogan style, yes. I think that we perceive them to be smart because they think like us. So we're all egotistical if, human beings. And it's <laughs> like, well, they think like we do. They would do what we, what we would do. Therefore, they're intelligent. Same I thing mean, with like dolphins. I mean, if like, like a, we can like measure their brains, their intelligence. If a sea creature thinks like a person, it kind of makes it smart, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think that's like our, our barometer or our barometer on that. But also... I've heard the human beings could be aliens ourselves, so let's let's pump oh, the yeah. brakes on judging other species potentially being aliens. That's a good point. We I mean, could be aliens. How else could we just? How else could uh, you know? We know for sure that Smitty's not an alien. That's why he dominated the well, uh, look the throwing competition <laughs> during our combine. <laughs> the, the the theory goes that you can win the combine if you no. The, the theory goes that aliens landed, and that's why like, there's no missing link. It's because they're like, all right, we're gonna kind of fuck with humans and like speed up there fuck with or fuck <laughs> who <laughs> did knows they, did they just come down who here knows? And i don't know how they man. did it but they, they fuck or fuck with humans they just wanted to like speed up the evolution <laughs> and then like we went from being you know walking around apes to what we are now in a matter of not that long if you look at like evolutionary and i don't know what the hell i'm talking about but <laughs> i do so yeah. it all it's all legit it checks but out so humans could be aliens is my point That'd be sweet. Remember my, mo- right. remember my movie idea last year uh, on our Netflix movie pitch, Fettuccine from Outer Space? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. We could bring that, that back. <laughs> it's a great name, We though. could bring that back. Does it have like an Italian yeah, vibe it's, going on? It's, it's, about the guy, it's about the guy who wakes up. He's the Olive Garden owner and wakes up and realizes that he's been in outer space this whole time. Fettuccine from outer space. He's just been in outer space. Like the Earth is. Well, there's more to it. I got to fill in some or gaps. One day he just walks out of the Olive Garden and it's again. Just like I got to fill in some gaps here, but that's no, a general no, premise. No. You know what? He owned an Olave Garden. An Olave Garden. Yeah. What's that? Uh, what's what's that receiver's Chris name? Olave. Chris yeah. Olave. Chris Olave. Remember, you always brought up Olave. Well, Olave's agave. Because <laughs> he can make it like, like margaritas. <laughs> but uh, anyway. That's cool. Well, speaking of Chris Olave, what a perfect segue into the oh, Big Ten. Oh, look at that. King of the segue, <laughs> baby. <laughs> what a Big Ten preview. All right, we're doing the same thing. Conference winners, um, dark horse, exciting players, storylines. So, Tyler, hit us with it. Who you got? Hang on, Will. Let me get to it. You're picking Michigan. He's picking Michigan to win the national championship. I need to get to the right page. Kate McNamara to you be never, the Heisman winner. You never give me enough time, Will. All right, well, Smitty, who do you got? Also new time, Will. Good God. <laughs> All right, well, no, look. No, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Um, so, obviously, I think out of the East, you're, you're going to get Ohio State. Um, I just don't think anybody else in the Big Ten even – you know, it's 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 a lot like the ACC when in, in a very lopsided way. Actually, I think the ACC is probably more um, competitive than than the Big Ten Interesting. even is. Um, just more kind of th- those same – you know, those teams on the same, uh, same plane. But um, – 
you know, I'm going to go out, like I said, Ohio State out of the east, and I'm having trouble with uh, with the west here. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I got to go with 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 con- with, with – <laughs> Wisconsin, Wisconsin, <laughs> the Badgers. Uh, yeah, I just don't. Um, I just don't see anybody else who I who I think is going to have a, a really uh, really big uh, big year. Okay, fair as enough. As far as teams in the West, I'm going Wisconsin for sure in the West. I yeah. don't. I don't think anyone's really going to stay in. I mean, Iowa would be the one team for me who could maybe pull off a couple wins. For and sure. Hey, I, I also think they could get that momentum by beating Iowa State early in the season. I think they play week two. But to me, it's Wisconsin in the West, no doubt about it. I think they're going to run through the West. I think they're the clear team, and it's not necessarily that I think they're so much better. I think that Iowa again could be the the kind of surprise team there. I think North, North, Northwestern, Nebraska, even Purdue, maybe a little down this year. Actually, Purdue's interesting because Purdue's got a lot of pieces I like who are coming back from last year. So Purdue could be a question mark. And I'm not saying to, to compete for the West, but they're going to win some games that not a lot of people seeing them win. But look at this. It's not a deep division. I don't see Wisconsin struggling to get past a lot of these teams. Iowa's my kind of questionable team in the West, but it's got to be Wisconsin. Obviously, in the East, I'm going Ohio State, but Penn State's going to have a very good year. They're bringing back so much talent, and it's so funny to me, the quick recency bias that people have in college football. Penn State has one down year. A lot of things went against them, and people are selling stock. James Franklin, I think, is going to turn this team around, and I believe at the end of the season, one of the narratives will be, okay, James Franklin deserves to be back in that conversation, and he may work his way back up my coach rankings. We talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago, and we actually posted it on our Twitter account, at CFB underscore pod, but I only do my coach rankings twice a year for a reason. Beginning of the year, end of the year, coaches aren't like teams. They're not going up a spot, going down a spot during the season. It's more more, more concentrated with coaches. Yeah. So James Franklin could rock it up a couple spaces because right now he is known as good, not great. He, you know, he hasn't really kept them where they should be. Penn State's going to be my surprise team in the Big Ten for sure. But how can you pick... Anyone but Ohio State to, to come out of the East. So I've yeah. got Ohio State in the East, Wisconsin in the West. I know those aren't sexy picks, but to me, it's so obvious right now the two teams coming out. Well, you guys are just a couple of plain Janes because let me tell you, out of the East, <laughs> hey. I, out of the East, I have Ohio State, and out of the West, I have Wisconsin. So I, look, you're I right. just called you the plain Jane for picking <laughs> your teams, and then you're giving it back to me for this. Yeah, look, I mean. Ohio State, they're just they're at that level where they re- reload. They don't rebuild. They lose all that talent. They lose Justin Fields. They're losing a ton of guys on defense. They lose guys on the offensive line. They lose uh, Trey Sermon at running back, who was just like huge last year. But they got C.J. Stroud coming in. He's probably going to be the starting quarterback. You know, he's competing with a couple other guys. But it sounds like C.J. Stroud, who was a four-star recruit, he's going to be the new quarterback. We know how Ryan Day does with quarterbacks. He's probably going to be the next quarterback that throws for five touchdowns against Michigan, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> and I hate it. So, you know, they got three very good running backs. Master Teague, Steel Chambers. Another thing that hurts when there's a guy with your wow. last name on the team you hate most. <laughs> when when they announce that Chambers scores against Michigan in that game, I'm gonna, my heart's going to break. They got this. Uh, but those guys... Those guys played a lot last year. They might not even be the starter. There's this guy, Travion Henderson. He's a freshman. He might start. He's a freak athlete, you know, really fast. And then you look at the, I mean, at at receiver and tight end, the guys that the new quarterback, C.J. Stroud, is going to be able to throw to. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, two of the best wide receivers in all the country. Uh, a lot of people thought Chris Olave would go pro last year. He didn't. He's a beast. He catches everything. And then Jeremy Ruckert at tight end. He's really good. They're going to be favored in every game. 
that being said, the schedule's not a you know a total breeze. They're at Minnesota week one. They get Oregon at home week two. Tulsa week three. That's not an easy non-conference right, right. schedule or, or first three games of the week. They have to go at Indiana, at Nebraska, at Michigan. Um, they do get Penn State and Michigan State at home and no Wisconsin. But all that being said, you know it would be a surprise at this point if Ohio State went 10-2. and two. That's how good they are. That's how, that's how much we expect out of Ryan Day and the Buckeyes. So obviously I am picking them out of the East. But Tyler said it. Penn State has a real chance. They've got uh, Sean Clifford, a quarterback who it showed a lot of flashes last year, but struggled a lot too. The guy took a lot of chances, had some turnovers. I think that if they kind of get it together this year on offense, he and they get Noah Kane back at running back who will be healthy. I think it could be a really explosive offense. Um, you know, I don't have a ton of uh, love for James Franklin, but he's done. He's you been good there. A ton of love for James Franklin. Frames Janklin. Yeah, look, I've I've said it before. I think he's kind of a fraud, but he just recruits so well, and he brings in good coaches. That but what, are you going to say that if they have a good season this year? Uh, well, he, they've had good seasons in the past. My, I, I wouldn't say he's a fraud so as far as results. Fraudulent. I just think that his how he presents himself is fraudulent. The way he talks, he just sounds like like a fake. Uh, like life coach or something. It's always just like really. And then we're gonna do this, and we're elite at this. And I, I tell my guys this you think every he's a phony day. Baloney. You think I, he's phony? I think if you heard him talk in private, he wouldn't even talk like that. I just think that he reminds me of like a like he's a like a used car salesman, or he's like he's LARP, <laughs> that's okay. He's larping as a college football coach. He's like an actor <laughs> who's playing a college football coach. I have a I have a uh, a product for you now for James Franklin. Okay, then. if you think he's. Um, uh, fraudulent fraudulent uh-huh. okay he's gonna be it's gonna be james franklin's phony baloney oh i love it you like that That's, yeah i would buy that uh, nice not really snack. i don't actually like baloney. Snack. you guys like baloney i haven't had baloney in so long i i can't say i would dislike it yeah i don't what is i don't it? know it uh it's like, a combination it's like hot dog meat in patty form basically yeah. right baloney. Yeah. but i like hot dogs but there's I mean, something like weird about it being too. sliced i don't like baloney yeah. um yeah look you know, I'm not sure that you consider Penn State a dark horse, so I'm not going to have them that in the in the East. You know, I I think it would be. I, I mean, I just don't think anyone's going to beat Ohio State. But if there is a dark horse team in the West for me, it is Northwestern because they lose so many guys. They're not bringing back a lot of starters, yeah. and the West. You know, you're right. I, my pick is Wisconsin, but if there's a team that's going to unseat them, I don't think Iowa would be a huge surprise. So that's why they're not my my dark horse team, but Northwestern is just a team that we continually count out and Pat Fitzgerald continually wins nine and 10 games. Um, they're, they're just a, always a tough out regardless of who's there. They never seem to have a legit quarterback. And if they could somehow put it together, you know, nothing would surprise me as far as them winning the West. So they'd be my dark horse team out of the West. We are definitely not being a plain Jane with that. No. That's crazy. And, and we have to mention Indiana because we talked about them no earlier. Doubt. I didn't mention them in the East because I do think Penn State will not only be one of the surprise teams in the Big Ten, but all the country. But Indiana, we mentioned them. They're bringing back so much talent. I think they're bringing back 17 returning starters. Yep. That's the most they've had in the last six years, and they finally have the guys to do it. So it's a good combination, good coaching staff, a lot of talent on offense, and uh, they get Ohio State at home, I believe. So yeah. you know they, they, they could win nine, ten games this year, and I think Indiana could be one of those teams we haven't talked about. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, We're talking sure. about these teams who could you know surprise some people. Indiana could be that team. And I'll admit it. I'm the first one. I was slow to catch up last year. I didn't believe in them. Then Penix gets hurt, so yep. a lot of the value goes away. But now it's almost like they're not the sexy team anymore because everyone knows Indiana's good. So yeah. the expectations are high. So for the first time in a long time, they're expected to do well. So that's what's going to be interesting to watch them do, you know, kind of play out this year. How do they handle that expectation? No doubt. Yeah, look, you know, 
a lot of respect for Indiana. They're going to be a tough team every week for whoever they're playing. You said it. Michael Penix is really good. Ty Freifogel, great name. Ty Freifogel. He's uh, awesome. Ty, Ty, Ty's fries. You know, we could do creakle cut. We could do uh I love a creakle waffle. cut fry. Steak? Yeah, creak, no, no, I don't do oh. waffle fries. Waffle fries oh, are too... That's terrible. They don't get crunchy enough. I like my fries to be crunchy. I'm, I'm just like a classic fry you know give me a nice a classic fry i'm a purist you're yes, a, fry, well, a fry purist i don't know actually if i want to say that because i'm not a i'm more of a i'm more of a non-purist <laughs> that's the exact opposite so yeah so <laughs> what, what would that mean that would mean you would like waffle fries well yeah. no but you like a curly fry or a wild i mean fry? A curly fries are good i like arby's fries but i like uh really crispy individual fries just not like 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 uh you can't have a soggy fry or like a, a droopy fry it's gotta no have doubt. a nice crisp crunch to it but what's your favorite cut I don't know. I, I I'm more of a tot guy myself. Oh, a tot. Okay, Tots. yeah, that's right. You know just, what? Ryan sent us a photo last week. You made what'd you call them? Tachos. Tachos. Explain that. So it's basically you make all of the fixings for nachos, but instead of tortilla chips, you use tater tots. Okay. Tato, you got tato tots. You got to get the tater tots <laughs> really crispy, though, right? It's all about yeah, you yeah, get yeah, them crispy. yeah, yeah. So um, I recommend uh, using the air fryer. Okay. Oh, did you do beef or was it like? Yeah, I uh, went beef. Okay. Speaking of beef, actually, t- I actually do ground turkey, but that's okay. You know, it's blasphemy. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Turkey's delicious. I did look up what bologna's made of. Okay. It says the main ingredient is bologna. James Franklin is ground meat. <laughs> ground, yeah, ground meat. But what, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't that, know. I, I think they're purposely which, which being vague. Be, it said which could be any combination of pork. <laughs> <laughs> of pork, beef, chicken, and turkey, Human or meat. only one of those. So yeah. yeah, it's as vague as possible. That's from S C L Y. You ain't got no I feel like they just buy hot dogs in bulk and just smush them with like a like a street roller, and then they just cut circles. If I was out of a it. fan of bologna, this isn't helping much. Yeah, bologna's pretty disgusting. I'm not gonna. It lie. just says that may or may not fat. As with any sausage, fat is also an ingredient that may or may not be in your bologna. Fat's good. I like fat. But it's like it's maybe maybe it does maybe it doesn't maybe it is maybe it's not so anyway. Well, uh, speaking of bologna and tater tots uh-oh, uh-oh. and all that food, oh Wisconsin definitely <laughs> is my pick to win the West. They love their food up there. They Mike love Greenberg their tater tots, over here. cheese curds, a curd, yeah, yep. curd, crinkle cut fries. Shout out curds. Culver's if you haven't been to Culver's before. Mm-hmm. That's a Wisconsin staple. Uh, fast food burgers, delicious. Uh, but no, look, no, sorry, I was just gonna say one thing about curds. I don't want to set derail this again. <laughs> yeah, but the main thing for curds, they can't be. Are you talking about the curds like the Kurdish people no, or no, cheese curds? Cheese- <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about cheese curds. Okay, they can't be too big. Uh, yeah, I'm I glad yeah. you clarified that too. Have you been to Culver's? Have you had their cheese curds? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Have you seen- no, I have not. <laughs> yes, I actually have been to Culver's, but I don't think I had their curds. Oh, you got to get their cheese curds. Okay. And they vary in size. Some of them are like marble size. Some of them are That's a little all, bigger. I, I, it's okay if they vary, but, but when you go to somewhere and all their cheese curds are big, that, that, that ruins it. Okay. And it's like a cheese stick with, you know, fried. Sponsor us, Culver's. Yeah. I love your cheese <laughs> yes. curds and their crinkle cut fries. Delicious. Delicious burgers. New sponsor of the show. Um, yeah, look, Wisconsin. They had a bad year last year. They were four and three. They were like the most decimated by COVID. They were always like missing guys. They missed a bunch of games. They lost at Northwestern where they always lose. Luckily, they get that at home this year, though. Um, Graham Mertz, he was like their first like high profile recruit quarterback to commit there. He's he's really good. He showed signs of it in like their first game last year. I think he had five touchdowns and then he caught the COVID bug or contact tracing or something and basically missed the rest of the year. I think Jalen Berger is going to be the next great uh, running back at Wisconsin. Last year, it was like the first time there wasn't like a massive, you know, a big name running back that's just like uh, bulldozing every team like we're used to seeing at Wisconsin. Um, They don't play Ohio State in the schedule. 
And look, if they can just start 4-0 and or 3-1, and you look at their first four games. Penn State, Eastern Michigan, they play Notre Dame in Chicago. I believe that's at Soldier Field, and they play Michigan. If they can go three and one or just four and zero oh in that first four, they got the meat of their schedule out of the way. You know they get Iowa, Northwestern, Nebraska all at home. Those are all the teams that are going to be competing with them for the Big Ten West title. They do have to go at Purdue, at Rutgers, and at Minnesota, but those all seem pretty winnable for the Badgers. Yeah. Uh, I think major bounce back year for them. You know Jim Leonard and the defense. I think I think they come out easy. Yeah, and I think that they're ready to go and and you know for. Uh, I think they'll be healthy. I think they have an opportunity to win some games, you know, going away. So yeah, Badgers. Um, I do also want to just bring up Maryland. Now we didn't do this before. I wish I would have thought about it uh, before. Uh, my bowl or bust team. You like that? Okay, yeah. So love it's it. like they like maybe get to six wins or something like that. So yeah. my bowl or bust team uh, on the fly here in the Big Ten is Maryland, and they're young. You know, they're turtle not, power. Exactly. <laughs> they're 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 reloading on defense. <laughs> You know, two and three last year didn't have a lot of experience. We saw Tunga Viola, yeah, know, get, get some to experience. his brother, right? Exactly, yeah. So, and he looked, he completely changed things last year. There were a couple games he came in, and there were, I think there was one game. I don't remember who it was exactly, but they were down, losing, and he comes in. They turn things around, they and and completely change the way they play. So, I think that Maryland, they're young if they start playing well together. But you know, it's just tough. They go on the road, Ohio State, some late road games at Michigan State, Rutgers, but. That's my bowler bust team. I think they're going to be hovering right around six wins, maybe seven, but bowler bust for Maryland. For sure. Maybe a chaos team, too. You know, that, there you hey, go. Mike Loxley came over from Alabama. That's where the connection with to his brother was. To his brother went to Alabama and then transferred to Maryland. He's getting some big name recruits in there, and he wants to recruit speed. He's an offensive guy. And so you're right. They could definitely be a team that, you know, is, is a tough out each week and could be really exciting to watch. So yeah. I like that. Um, some other exciting players to watch. C.J. Stroud, so he's the guy that's going to be taking over at quarterback for Ohio State. Probably going to have like 50 touchdowns. He's just going to put up ridiculous numbers. C.J. Stroud. But for me, the really exciting guys at Ohio State are going to be the two guys that are going to be playing opposite of each other at defensive end, Zach Harrison and Jack Sawyer. Jack Sawyer was like the number one defensive recruit when he came out. Same thing with Zach Harrison. These guys are probably the next in line in that long history of just like crazy defensive ends that we've seen at Ohio State over the last few years. Chase Young, the Bosa brothers. I think Zach Harrison and Jack Sawyer will be the next uh, you know, big-name guys that are just going to be impossible to guard, probably going to get a lot of sacks. Yeah, surprise, surprise. It almost just rubs me the wrong way. Like, every year, just draw it up. The best D linemen are going to be at Ohio State. Yeah, now, you're telling me, dude. So it's just like, yeah. <laughs> right. Rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, but it's just like, I mean, okay, good for them. They're going to be elite again. For bunch sure. of first-round draft picks. Well, it's like, just like Wisconsin always having uh, the best O-linemen. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I mean, it's just every every single season. Yep. But their defensive end, you. We can yeah. start one of those debates. Um, Penn State, Noah Kane, the running back, really high uh, high recruit, really talented guy. Had some injuries last year. I think he'll have a huge year for Penn State. And then their receiver, I love this guy, Jahan Dotson. I think he could be end up being the best receiver in the Big Ten this year. Super speedy, does everything well. He's going to be the number one target for Sean Clifford for sure. We talked about Ty Freifogel, just a great name. (laughs) A couple names at Michigan. We're not going to talk too much about them. I don't think they're going to really compete in the Big Ten East, but I think they'll have a bounce back year. But I love Hassan Haskins, the starting running back. They actually have a really good running back room, and uh, he's really fun to watch. And then a guy on the defensive side, Daxton Hill. He's a safety. He was a five-star guy. Ended up picking Michigan over Alabama when he was uh, recruited. He's going to have a big year and probably go pro. And then you look at Graham Mertz at Wisconsin, of course, and then Tanner Morgan at Minnesota. Minnesota may have a little bit of a bounce back year. 
Um, I do think that you're right. I think the West is really Wisconsin's to be one and maybe Iowa there. But then after that, it's kind of competitive basically from the bottom up to you know maybe that third spot. And, and uh, Minnesota is certainly going to be in the mix there. All right, my players to watch here, and I've already mentioned a couple in my team breakdowns, but uh, obviously Michael Penix, Indiana, uh, Tyler Goodson from Iowa. I think he's going to be elite this year. Yep. Um, you mentioned Fry Fogel, but I mean, I had to put him in there. How can you ignore him? <laughs> Trayvon Henderson, Ohio State. And yep. I, I know I call you a, a front runner when you only mention the Ohio State guys, but you talk about guys who are going to put up big numbers this year, and you can't ignore him. So a lot of good players in the uh, Big 12 or in the uh, Big 10 this year. And this is probably the the conference that right now I'm the most comfortable with. Interesting. And yeah, because... You know, going through preseason, there's a lot of information from offseason to right now. You know, new recruits, new players, the development of old players. And I just feel like I'm in a good spot right now with where my rankings are, my understanding of the Big Ten. We'll see how this goes. Usually it's it's those areas where you struggle and the other areas where you think you're going to that you do well. But yeah. right now I feel like I've got a good pulse on a lot of these Big, big Ten teams. And we'll see how things go. Because you mentioned it, Will, in the middle of the pack right there, Anything Super can happen. Anything yeah. can happen. So, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm looking forward to some of the storylines for the Big Ten this year. They're going to be fun to watch. Coaches on the hot seat. Scott Frost has not turned around Nebraska like we thought. Some of his best players, Wandale Robinson, the receiver, their number one guy from last year, he transfers out. What's going on there? Is he going to finally be able to kind of make things work on offense with uh, Adrian or Aiden Martinez? Always some Martinez, a quarterback at Nebraska. <laughs> I think it's Adrian. Um, same thing with Jim Harbaugh. You know, he got extended uh, or extended. Everyone thought, okay, Michigan's extending him. But if you really looked in the details, he's being paid less and his buyout is less. So if Michigan did want to move away from him, they just made it easier, even though they gave him a contract extension. And then James Franklin, you know, I don't really think he's on the hot seat as far as being fired, but every year it's like he's flirting with another job. You know, rumors flying. Does he want out? Does he want to go take that? He, did he want the job at Texas? Does he want to go to South uh Southern Cal, you know, so that'll be interesting to watch. And then Rutgers maybe being good at football again. <laughs> Greg Schiano, I, I actually think he's going to come back there and do the same thing he did the first time where he turns them around. He's been recruiting like an absolute savage. Yeah, but he's a, co- he's a good coach, too. Oh, yeah, like, he's coach. the kind of guy who can go in and turn something around. For so. sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that Rutgers is going to be fun. But that's the thing is all these teams, you can find a, a fun storyline about all these teams in the Bay 10. It's going to be fun no football doubt. to watch this year. And with so much question, you know, so much, so many question marks going into the season, just with OU and, 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 and everything happening, you know, in the Big 12 and things like that, there is uncertainty. So it's going to be nice to just kind of relax and forget yeah. about all this and just look forward to some football. And it's going to be some good football in the Big 10 for sure. I agree. All right. Uh, that's all we got for the Big 10. Now what we got next is the coaching casting call. Now, Tyler, uh, explain this for the listeners, how we're going to do this. So, uh, Stay with us, folks. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> us. We have a, so we have movie pitches, like we talked about earlier. We're pretty much, you know... We're idea guys. Exactly. We're idea guys around here. <laughs> so we have movie pitches that are about college football coaches, because that's one thing we all need more, movies about football coaches. So we'll tell you the movie ideas, and then we'll cast for the movie. So we'll kind of take their their role and cast for these movies, but uh, yeah. All right, so should I read my movie first, Will? Do you want to go first? You go first because then uh, and so then we're gonna give our actors too, right? Who yeah, want to yeah, play yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, you go first. All right, so yeah, you guys are casting for this role, okay? Matt Campbell. I thought it was fitting I would take Matt Campbell. Of course, <laughs> your favorite. Yeah, and this movie is called. Uh, I can't decide. It's either gonna be called Ranch Hands Can't Jump <laughs> or Ranch Wars. 
I kind of okay. like ranch wars. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah, about uh, ranching, obviously. Yeah. So he's a good rancher, farmer guy. All right, so here's what it is <laughs> Matt Campbell is an up and coming ranch hand in the barren flats of Maine. He's widely considered to be one of the best ranchers in the country until he gets to the real ranches in the Midwest where he and everyone else now realize his ranching skills may not be everything that we once thought they were. Hmm. Wow. I wonder where you came up with that one. <laughs> so, but hold on. Before you give me who you want to play Matt Campbell in this, because we're casting for Matt Campbell here, there's a sequel. And the sequel's already written. So it, it's kind of a sad first story, right? It's sad. He doesn't get his, his way. He understands he's not a very good rancher, okay? And the sequel, though... After realizing he isn't the rancher he once believed himself to be, Matt Campbell moves to Ames, Iowa. Okay, so a little, little play on real life here. <laughs> moves little. to Ames, Iowa, and decides to franchise a TGI Fridays. But a little twist in the movie, due to issues getting a loan from the bank, he has to change plans and settles to franchise a village inn. Okay? <laughs> so he finally, this is a good part of the movie, Matt Campbell finally finds his calling as a village inn manager, where his restaurant gets as high as the third highest selling village inn in the United States. <laughs> and the Campbells, for generations, run a friendly neighborhood village inn in Ames, a, a village inn conglomerate. Exactly. So, who would you cast for Matt Campbell in this role? Will, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Okay. I got two names. Ooh, and I'll tell okay. you why. First name. Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Ooh, okay. that's yeah. a good one. Greatest actor alive, fitting for the greatest coach in, the, in all of college football, as we know. Uh, and then Tom Hanks. Once again, I'm just only going for the big hitters wow. to play Matt Campbell. Tom, huh? But I think that Daniel Day-Lewis would be my first pick. I think he'd uh, do a great job. You know, we all saw him in There Will Be Blood. He's kind of, he can play this tough, gritty guy. You know, he curves the bill of his hat down really tight. He throws on that Cyclone uh, a hoodie, and he goes to work. Okay. Who do you got? Um, I have uh, Ben Affleck because I think Ben Affleck would kind of look like him if you kind of shaved his head. I think he would do a good Matt Damon or a Matt uh, Campbell. Matt Damon. <laughs> a good Matt Campbell. Amen. And uh, I think that Ben Affleck could do the whole ranch hand thing. I think he'd be a good rancher. You know, because keep in mind, whoever we're casting for this has to be cowboy boots, you yeah. know, cowboy hat and be, be a ranch hand and then look good in a little village inn thing right <laughs> okay so yeah. this is a, a complex character we're gonna have to cast here very complex yeah Troubled. so yeah but my i was also thinking nph interesting i mean you have to dye his hair yeah he would definitely have to dye his hair i mean if you're picking guys that you think look like him you're being very generous no i'm not this is less <laughs> ben Affleck like and NPH. And, uh, <laughs> See, I, I i think i got this one okay, okay. mark ruffalo Oh, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> one. I like that. I like that. The okay. Hulk. Mark Ruffalo. Yep. That's Hulk. a great pick, Smitty. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. So should I read my next movie or you want to go? Yeah, go ahead. Do your next one. Okay. This next one is uh, a play on Police Academy. <laughs> if any of you guys have seen Police Academy. Shout Mission out. to Moscow. This is Robot Academy Mission to Mike Leach. <laughs> the year is 3085 and Mike Leach is a robotics PE coach who can't get through to one particularly stubborn robot. Against all odds, and with the help of Mr. Leach, Benny the Robot eventually completes a, his PE assignment and can graduate Robot Academy all while making an unlikely friend in Mike Leach. Mm. Okay? So I have the perfect casting guy for this. I thought about this for a while, and you gotta go John Voight. Ooh. Yeah, John Voight, John Voight. as Mike Leach, right? I think he would... 
he would do the whole what's it called when you get in, so in character uh, method act yeah he would method act you know he'd get all into Mike Leach he'd you know, he'd lock a kid in the shed. He'd, he'd call this crazy offense. You know, he'd do all this stuff. And mm. I think that uh, John Voight wouldn't, wouldn't be, be the, the perfect uh, Mike Leach. Wouldn't be the first time John Voight was a football coach. Oh, that's right. That's right. Versus hey, Blues. Come on. Get out there. <laughs> get out there one more half. <laughs> I don't want your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think John Voight would be a good uh, Mike Leach in Robot Academy. Okay. Mission to Mike Leach. Uh, who, okay. you, who you got for uh, Mike Leach in here? Uh, all right. I've got Cast. just one, one name here. And uh, this is strictly going off appearance. And I think that this person could. <laughs> what are you if, saying? If you gave them, if you gave them, you know the the outfit, and you could nail the accent and and the mannerisms, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> you get you have Rosie O'Donnell play the pirate, okay. and I love Mike Leach. Isn't a dig at him, but you know, look, there's some similarities there. That's all I'm saying. Um, Smitty. So I know he's the pirate. Yeah, right. Who you got for this? John Goodman. Oh, oh, see, that's good. Nice. Yeah, kind of look alike. Yeah, I, would, I think that's a good casting decision. Okay, a, My, few, a few years younger though. John Goodman's looking a little old yeah, these right? days. That's true. So he yeah. may have to. Uh, I can do a good John Goodman impression. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> it's just grunting. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's with John Goodman. Okay, he nailed yeah. it. <laughs> My, so you know how uh, Mike Leach is also known as the pirate, like Will said. Yeah. I, I tried to do a couple with him as a pirate, but I couldn't oh. really come up with it. So the best I did was he revolutionizes, or he's a revolutionary, right? Yep. And he comes with a brand new way to sail boats, just like he did with an offense. Yes. And he never gets enough credit. The air raid. He never gets enough credit, right, for developing this thing. And eventually he says, screw you guys. And he finds this island filled with treasure, only to find out the island is in the future. Isn't that already been a show? Zoom out. <laughs> Wasn't that already a show? I don't know. It's my idea. Though. Isn't that like the basic? Okay. I never watched then it. it was in the past. I thought that so was the basic idea with Lost. <laughs> it was in a different time. Wasn't Lost okay, like something a- about a time-traveling island or something? I never watched it. You I poke holes in all these. We're not going to get anywhere. Well. <laughs> you know what? I don't think that Netflix is picking that one up, Tyler. Uh, what do you got? Um, you, got, you got any good ideas here, Will? Yeah, okay. I've got two uh, two movie ideas for two coaches. The first one is going to be for Lincoln Riley, right? Oh, Oklahoma coach. Now, here's the basic idea behind the movie. Lincoln Riley, he's hiking through a canyon when a rock falls on his arm and traps him. <laughs> you might know this one before. He knows, he knows there's no escape with his arm intact. And the real question is, is he going to cut his arm off? Is he going to drink his own pee? You got to find <laughs> out when you watch the movie. <laughs> Uh, no, I liked it better. I said the thing. Will he drink his pee? Find out next fall. Find out next fall. <laughs> it's based off of 127 hours, but this time it's being called 127 points. <laughs> so that's what Lincoln Riley puts up. Now, the actor, I'm going to have him uh, playing him, is Ryan Gosling. Okay. Okay. He's Gosh. young. He's attractive. He's like the hot guy everyone wants in college football. He's the hot coach that everyone would take. The NFL wants him. And it's perfect for Ryan Gosling. He's a good-looking dude. I'm going low-hanging fruit here. How do you not cast James Franco in this role? Oh, my God. You took mine. He's done it. He's been there before. <laughs> I mean, this is, he's, he's played the role before. You cast the guy who you've seen do it. How do you guys always take my answers for these segments? <laughs> James Franco. You know, if not him, uh, who's the guy who played McLovin on... Uh, on uh, McLovin? <laughs> I'd have to look that one That's up. That's taking a dick. At, at our pal Lincoln Riley. Nah, I think that'd be a good Lincoln. You got to really ask yourself which actor would look good in a visor. You know, Lincoln Riley's a visor coach. Yeah. Um, it doesn't just fit everybody. You know, not everyone can rock a visor. I think of John Gruden when I picture a visor guy. Maybe we get John Gruden act. John Gruden as Lincoln Riley. Wow. 
Man, uh-huh. I don't think he could do a very good job at that. Besides, I don't think John Gruden could be anything but John Gruden. That's you know? true. Lincoln Riley. I don't know who would play Lincoln. You know, well, you both. I mean, you both pick James Franco, and that works. He's a good-looking dude. Well, I just say that because the storyline. You know, he's not as. How about this? Lincoln How about, is. Have you guys ever seen? Do you guys ever see uh, Mad Max Fury Road? Oh yeah. Uh, no. So it's, so it's the same thing. You pick. Uh, What's her name? Scarlett. It's not Scarlett Johansson. It's Charlize. Uh, Charlize Theron with the buzzed head. Oh. And she and she does it because he's blonde. Once again, <laughs> I love having the women. You know, I'm very progressive. <laughs> I cast the women for the male roles. Um, all right, the next one I got yes. is for James Franklin. My buddy James Franklin, Frames Shanklin. <laughs> My buddy James. Here's the storyline for James Franklin. He's uh, he's down. He's down in the dirt. He's having a bit of a midlife crisis. Things aren't going his way. He's a used car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> and he's down on his luck, and he, his boss comes to him and tells him, if you don't sell 10 cars today, you're getting fired. You got to get 10 wins, 10 <laughs> cars, or else you're out of here. 10 cars in one day? 10, 10 cars in one day, 10 wins in task. one season, or else you're fired. And I had a few ideas for uh, for who I'd cast him with. I thought maybe, you know, Jason Statham, he's bald. I'm going Ooh. with a lot of bald guys here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got to. Now, this person isn't necessarily an actor, but he is a uh, a popular figure. You may have to Google him at home. If you're a little younger, Paul Schaefer, he was uh, he was the guy who like was in charge of the band for the David Letterman show. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's who I'm hysterical. picking to play James Franklin. I have all those uh, like little quips. Exactly. Dude, you're missing the most obvious James, Fra- James Franklin that's out there. Who? The Rock. God damn it, dude. <laughs> the Rock. That is, was mine too. The Rock yeah. is for sure James Franklin. That's that's not what I wanted. Yes. No. no. How can you not go ahead? Or uh, J.K. Simmons. Do you guys know who J.K. Simmons is? No. Look him up. Type in J.K. Simmons. I've, I don't even know what he's in. J.K. Simmons? He's in a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. I know him. Whiplash. Uh, he mo- uh, he, he does the uh, the insurance commercials. Yeah. That's uh, what I know Allstate. him from. Allstate. No, not Allstate. Not the Allstate guy. He uh, does the- State uh, Farm. State Farm. Yes. Yeah. It's all You're in, in uh, whatever their tagline is. You're in good hands. You're no, that's the Allstate. State Farm <laughs> is uh, 15 minutes. I don't know. That's progressive. Whatever. We're not doing ad rates for fucking insurance companies. It's uh, this game's a lot less fun when you guys steal my answers. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dude. That's all right, dude. The Rock is the obvious James Franklin. Yeah, he's got to put that's on a, good a few one. pounds. I accept, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just wanted someone who he's going to be expensive though. Like, he yeah. is going to be expensive. But see, the thing is that is that the Rock you know, performs or overperforms. And I don't think that that fits James Franklin at all. <laughs> I think you want an underperforming well, guy. So Penn state look to bet on him. Yeah, I'm just maybe. saying. All right, Ryan, you got any ideas? All right. Yeah. Oh. So I have one. And, um, so my coach is Bill Snyder. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. yes. And sadly, uh, coach has passed away finally. Uh, RIP. And, um, you know, after, after he, he passes away, Kansas state starts to get, um, you know, really, kind of the bottom of the of the Big Twelve, and and they're losing all these all these games, and they realize that the only way to save the program is to bring Coach Snyder back, bring him back. So they realize that um, as long as Coach Snyder is always wearing his headset. He can still actually coach. <laughs> he does have two. He does have two um, assistants that uh, make sure that he's doing what he should on the sidelines and and walking around. 
and uh, making sure that he's coaching well, but he can only do it if he has the headphones on, the headset, and his yeah. sunglasses. It's just weekend at Bernie's. That's weekend all. at Bernie's. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's hysterical. I, I could. Uh, I know who to cast for this though. I've got a perfect one. Okay, Ooh, let's hear it. Clint Eastwood. Damn it! Yes. Yeah. This is such bullshit. That was on my list, dude. I'm just. Uh, I'm good. Glad I'm going first for this. <laughs> or if we want to give Bill Snyder an accent. We could uh, get one. Michael Caine? Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine kind of looks like you him. You know, Batman, you can't shave Gotham all in one night. He's got a runner ball on fourth and one. Uh, how about, you said it earlier, for a different guy, John Voight kind of looks like uh, him, too. Yeah, John Voight. And my only other option here was Brad Pitt, but in his Benjamin Button makeup. <laughs> Benjamin ah, Button. Brad, Pitt. Brad Pitt's like a little old baby, however the time framework. He kind of looked uh, like old Bill baby. Snyder, too. Shout out Bill Snyder. We An love old you. Old baby. <laughs> Shout yeah. out. Yeah. Something about babies being old. That's right. All right. Well, that's it for the show. Uh, next week, we're doing a big chunk on the SEC preview. Yes. So make sure you tune in for that one. And then we're going to be a week away from football. So we'll have some best bets to give out for week zero, Tyler's favorite week. Uh, maybe some bet board stuff. We'll see. All right. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Once again, go to BetUS. Use the promo code tailgate. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.